0: This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, the A800 SPC One results are in. Find out how we did. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi and Sully the Monster.
1: I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. I love NetApp because it's so fun.
0: Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio today with literally the entire performance team. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the SBC1 results here. Uh, Andrew's also here.
1: Hi. Hello. How's it going? I'm, I'm just admiring our stock price. Really? Yeah. Is it shiny? See, we released a Trident beta today, and I like. it. Oh, to, that's why. I'm taking ownership for the 2.5% You know, bump. I
0: mean, it's a natural progression to think that something that doesn't sell anything hey, would make the stock hey. price go up.
1: Causation equals correlation, or correlation equals causation. Whatever helps you sleep at night. That's all I got. Hey, you're you're adding value. I'm adding value. You're adding value. Validate me. Currently, you are adding value. Validate me.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, so in the studio, we have a bunch of uh, the performance team, as well as, I guess you're technically the performance team, aren't you, Dan?
2: Not really. Not really? So, Dan, tell me what you do here at NetUp. I'm I'm a technical marketing engineer with with our core uh, ONTAP systems and software group. And one of the areas that I focus on is performance. Oh, you do do performance. But I am not part of this uh,
0: this particular team. This no. elite team no. of, of uh, performance This engineers. crack team of mercenaries. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, Dan, uh, how do we find
2: you on social media? Uh, you can find me at, you can at me, at but, uh, Dan
0: Isaacs. <laughs> okay. Good talk. All right. Um, also in this studio today, Jim Lang. Hi, Jim. Hello. So, Jim, same story. Uh, what do you do here at NetApp? How do we find you if you have a social media?
3: Well, what I do at NetApp, work on the workload engineering team. And one of several things we do is uh, industry standard benchmarks, which is what we'll be talking about here. Uh, I have—I don't really have any kind of presence. I have a Facebook page, I guess, but I use it about once a month.
0: Lots of pictures of cats and, and your pets. and
3: There's pictures of my keyboards and my, develop, my relatives in Scotland.
0: All right. Also in the studio today, uh, Joe Scott. Hi, Joe. Hello, Justin. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So, Joe, what do you do here at NetUp? How do we find you on social media?
4: Yeah, I'm also on the uh, Oracle Engineering team with Jim. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jscott0918. I think I tweeted once about four years ago. So. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: But you're a
1: millennial. You're I You're supposed to tweet, like, every day. Token
4: millennial is not coming in strong in this. Uh, this I,
1: I just want to know if you have any non-Clemson shirts. I, if, I, if i went to the back of the closet i'd find a couple but <laughs> oh, okay i've just i've never seen you without clemson apparel i'm surprised he's not on the
0: twitter's like tweeting at recruits come to our school man <laughs> it's the one don't tweet at recruits that's the one don't rule. tweet at recruits <laughs> last but not least on the phone um these guys manager scott lane hi scott
5: thanks for having me, Justin.
0: so scott uh, if you could tell us what you do here at netapp and if you have a social media profile please do tell us
5: well, I'm, I'm not a millennial, so no, I don't have social uh, media, but uh, I'm the manager of the Workload Engineering team, and so uh, I get the pleasure of working with these, these great guys, so that's what I do.
1: All right, excellent. So, so yes, just, just what? you notice. What? You're, why are you interrupting me? Because you need it. Okay, cool, go so ahead. Somebody's got to keep you on track. I'll but allow it. No, I, with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and derail us and point out that uh, you notice that the three workload guys don't have social media, the three marketing guys have social media. Mm, i didn't notice that yeah joe has social media but he, did, he admitted he doesn't <laughs> use it so just saying
4: i think i, think I might have actually entered a sweepstakes you know you gotta <laughs> go to a conference you gotta hey retweet the, our tweet to uh retweet to be entered this, entered and you want win a pack of baseball cards <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yay anyway all right so we're here to talk about the spc1 results uh that have just been published So let's first talk about what the SPC1 benchmark is. So who wants to tackle that one?
3: I guess I'll say a few things. It's uh, not a lot of detail, but it's uh, one of a variety of industry standard benchmarks that are out there that uh, NetApp has used uh, with some of its major product announcements uh, as a way to characterize the performance and show uh, how great we do uh, against competitors, etc. And it simulates database-like application and the application side of that as well, in uh, does sort of a mixed workload kind of environment.
0: So the SBC1 testing, is that FCP? Is it iSCSI? Is it NAS? What is it?
3: Well, the way we've done it is, is uh, it's, F- it's fiber channel protocol. And uh, with the 8800 product, which is what we we're benchmarking at this point, it's uh, NVMe on the back end, so it's NVMe SSDs. In the chassis
4: for this result, we did use the uh, the classic FCP. This is this is not FC NVMe. We need the we need the distinction nowadays. So,
0: well, this is true. So nine point four, of course, introduced the ability to do FC NVMe uh, in addition to doing NVMe attached drives. So there is a difference, Uh, Dan. If you could give us kind of a high level difference there, since that's that's your realm, right?
2: (laughs) Well, at a high level. Uh, fiber channel is sending regular old SCSI commands encapsulate, encapsulated in the fiber channel protocol. Um, FC MVME is a much lighter, uh, written for millennials. <laughs> uh, <laughs> written for millennials. I don't. Could you explain that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, well, SCSI is you know decades old. It, it is almost as old as, as Andrew, and it, it, it was written for. Spinning media uh, latencies involved with spinning media allowed for let's just say a, an inefficient code base um, to not get in the get in the way. Uh, with flash media, SCSI commands are all of a sudden a source of a bottleneck, uh, restricting the performance that we're able to get out of an SSD. So uh, NVMe is a <clears throat> entirely new. Uh, Standard for interacting with storage and memory that uh, is much more efficient, uh, much uh, thinner, and uh, works much faster as a result.
0: All right. Good high-level description there. Uh, And, you know, marketing hat. Put that on. Sub 200 microsecond latencies. Hat off. All right. Cool. Done. (laughs) We've gotten past that. So uh, we actually did the SPC1 result podcast episode 71 for the a- A700S. So I'm anxious to hear how 800 compared and uh how was it?
4: So that's one thing we want to address so the this is a whole new version of the SPC1 benchmark. The previous results for all of the tap products were with SPC1 V1. Uh this is now the SPC1 V3 benchmark. So it's a new workload, new mix of workloads, larger ops, it's much more taxing on uh storage. So with that in mind, uh, Jim?
3: Yeah, that's kind of good preface because uh, the idea is that you can't necessarily compare as if it were apples to apples when you look at uh, what was done with SPC1 version 1 on the A700S versus what we're doing now with SPC1 version 3 on A800 since it's an entirely different benchmark, yeah, as Joe mentioned. So I guess I'll go through the numbers. That's part of what we want here. Uh, one of the advantages is I don't have to give too, too, as many uh, places in the decimal uh, detail here, so it's a little simpler. IOPS. How many IOPS? Well, we did 2.4 million, slightly higher than that, and the real number is, to be official, uh, 2,401,171 2, 2 IOPS is what we actually performed. It's that's decent. That's a good, how many, how many nodes is in that cluster? Uh, it was a 12 node cluster.
0: Okay, so maximum number of n- nodes for a SAN cluster. Correct. Yes.
3: Yeah. Okay. And then I guess some of the other big numbers that people are often interested in is uh, average response time or latency, and the SPC1 IOPS response time, as they call it, is 0.590 milliseconds. Okay. And Not that's too shabby. And that means that's what we did at the, at the t- height, height or the maximum workload of you know, slightly higher than 2.4 million IOPS. That was our average latency.
0: So I understand that the previous tests can't really be compared to these, but you can probably make a safe assumption that latency would be pretty much able to compare there, right? Because, I mean, it's still a workload, right? So, I mean, if the workload was higher or lower in this test versus the other test, depending on the platform.
3: Yeah, it would say it'd be hard to directly compare since, you know, if for an example, if more of the IOPS are 8K IOPS and in the old more of the IOPS may have been 4K IOPS, uh, latency. You can't really compare latencies. You're doing a different kind of IOP
2: okay. uh, you know, on average. Gotcha. There's a math involved.
0: What's the what's math? math behind it? What is math? <laughs> what is math? <laughs> what is math? <laughs> Could you give me a high level
2: of what math is? Math is the language of the universe. <laughs> well, did you take your marketing hat off when we, what is
3: math? Or no, is that? <laughs> I've, been, I've been lobotomized. <laughs> I don't understand I'm what you I'm surprised you didn't say the answer is 42. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, a Hitchhiker's Guide oh. reference. Um, so what else do we should we know about the uh, SPC1 results?
3: I guess I'll add one more number, which is the overall response time. And uh, that is a little harder to describe, and there is math behind it, it turns out. Um, but one way to think of it is the, uh, the benchmark runs at various uh, levels all the way up to the highest um, IOPS that we would like it to run at. So it runs at things like 10 percent of that, 50 uh, percent of that, 75 percent of that, various numbers, uh, all the way up to 100% of the IOPS level we specify. And when you graph that all out, looking at response time at various uh, levels of the workload, and you do a little bit of math for those numbers, you will come up with this thing that they call overall response time. And for us, it was uh, 0.351 milliseconds. So, a very impressive result, we think. How does
0: that compare with other competitors? Oh, it is so much lower. Okay, that's all I was looking for. So among the
4: top you. five, uh, that overall response time is the, the lowest by a considerable margin. Um, uh, the only other comparable overall response time would be uh, there's an IBM result. So this is this is very much on par with the IBM result within 15 10 milliseconds, uh, microseconds. So okay. very, very much on the uh, the low end of the spectrum for the, the top 10 results. Yeah, but th-
2: that number was with a significantly lower number of IOPS. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Does does that matter? Yes,
2: (laughs) because there's math involved.
1: What is math? (laughs) Andrew, (laughs) what were you going to say? So the jump from v1 to v3, is that an industry-wide thing? Was NetApp lagging with continuing to use the v1? What made that that leap?
3: Well, there was just sort of a cutoff time. Uh, There was a period when SPC1 v1 was sort of the current benchmark for, for X number of years. I don't know how many. Um, but sometimes r- very soon after the time period of our previous published benchmark with the A700S, the uh, version one was end of life or what's the other term? Retired. Retired. Uh, so you know, that, that's almost a year and a half ago or about a year and a half ago. So at this point, when we went to do an SPC1 benchmark, the only one available is the current, which is the uh, now considered the, version three, is the only current version.
1: So moving forward, all the benchmarks will be or SPC1 benchmarks will be v3, Correct. Correct. Will yeah. Will we be going back and revisiting any of our other systems with the V three benchmark, so we can kind of establish our own in, intra or yes in, inter portfolio uh, intra portfolio uh, uh, references?
3: I don't know the answer myself. I know we did some informal testing uh, with using version three, but prior earlier versions of the code, etc. But I don't know of the plans, and maybe someone else. Uh, on the podcast I may know, but I don't know of any specific plans sure. uh, scheduled. Paging a member
4: of the Benchmark Council, yeah. Paging Scott Lane.
5: Scott! Yeah, sure. I was going to just chime in real quick. I don't think we're going to go back in time with V3, but you know, certainly we publish on, on our latest, newest, fastest hardware. So um, yeah, I imagine that's the direction we're
4: going to be heading here.
0: I was kind of hoping we'd benchmark the R200s. <laughs> <laughs> Not and high
4: I'm, on the list. No? Can so, we pull uh, a couple out of your garage, Justin? Does yeah.
0: It's only got my... Uh, my MP3 is running on them. Cool. So um, now, if you look at these published results, it's, it's publicly available. But you'll probably notice that there's some vendors that are conspicuously missing. So why would a vendor not be in that list? Like, what's, what does it take to get published? Well, I think there are
2: many reasons. Uh, so give me some. One possible reason is this is uh, this is hard to do.
0: I know the answer. I'm just
2: asking. These guys spend, you know, it takes months uh, to get a test bed put together to get it optimized.
0: Yeah. Well, no, so, I mean, I guess my point is is vendors don't publish because either, A, they're not proud of the results, or, B, there's too much effort involved to put it out there. Well, right? I, was, I was being generous to start. Get to the point, <laughs> Dan.
2: Well, it, you, you tend not to talk about things that you're not proud of.
0: So, um, so these SPC1 results, uh, what's unique about our submission? Like what do we do differently that no one else does?
4: So we're able to scale out to a 12-node cluster with with SAN. Um, this is with traditional fiber channel, which is something that a lot of the competitors that are conspicuously missing from from the top 10 list. I didn't name names. No names. You no just names.
0: have to look, and you can see which ones are missing. But continue.
4: <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's definitely an advantage for us. Is you know, we can we can bust out the 12-node cluster, and there's there's almost no one in the industry that can, can compete with that. Um, yeah. We have that's the expertise awesome. now to, to run SPC one. Yeah. We. It is a it is a bit of a, a challenge to get to get tuned the way that you that you like it. But uh, Scott, do you have something
5: efficient. Yeah, I was going to say storage efficiency. There we go. That's there what I see. was looking for. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, they, they they created the V3 version of SPC1 so so uh, vendors could turn that on. You know, in the first version that wasn't an option, and now it is. But in the top ten as of today, uh, I believe we're the only vendor that's got efficiencies enabled.
0: And I would imagine it's because a lot of vendors don't want to turn that on when they're measuring performance. It
5: could hurt the performance, absolutely.
0: Yeah, Like, we we claim that we don't have a lot of impact to performance, and this is something that can help us back that up.
5: Exactly.
4: If we're not the only ones with it on, we're the only ones with it on the the front page of the FDR, so. Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Full disclosure report. Oh, hey! Sorry. (laughs) The, uh, The bulk of the fun of putting together an SPC1 result is getting that thing.
0: There we go. Right. Cool. So, we, we ran this on A800. Um, we used NVMe attached to drives, right? Because that's the only thing the A800 supports. Is um, there anything else notable about the test that you want to talk about? Well, in terms of
2: our results, um, I think we had the lowest uh, cost per gigabyte.
4: What do they call that? The uh, ASU?
3: Yeah, they have an, f- sort of an official name. They call it the SPC1 ASU price. Yeah. And that's.
4: Yeah, so we have the most the IOPS with both the lowest response time and the lowest dollars per gigabyte of any of the other publications in the top 10. So we were going to talk about, you know, we did make the decision, you know, the 800 is end-to-end NVMe FC to NVMe attached SSD capable. So we did, we did, we are putting out this publication with, you know, regular old fiber channel protocol. And the most compelling reason for that is that with uh, ONTAP 9.4, NVMe over fiber channels uh, doesn't have HA support. So with NetApp being classified as data protection level two for purposes of SPC one, uh, until we have that HA support. And the big question is why don't we have HA support for NVMe over Fibre Channel? But NVMe is, I mean, compared to SCSI, it's it is a wee babe of a uh, of a protocol. So it's still something still developing. And yeah. the yeah. HA support in NVMe protocol is just it's still a developing standard. So
0: well, that's actually one of the things that NetApp is helping to drive is Absolutely. that HA support because that would benefit us greatly because we are an HA you know, capable yeah, sure. system. So why wouldn't we want that? So that's why it's important to be on these standards councils. So you can drive the discussion. Absolutely. So I would imagine that eventually, once it's HA, we'd see numbers for MVME over fiber channel, probably 32 gig fiber channel, right? Maybe throwing throwing extra beefy. Yeah, that's
4: somewhere. another thing. I mean, this this test is kind of what we can do with with the regular fiber channel protocol, and we did run this test with you know 16 gigabit or 16 gigabyte fiber channel fabric. Uh, we had 16 gigabyte gigabit uh, gigabit. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I had it right the first time. We had 16 gigabit uh, <laughs> adapters on the initiators, and basically, what this this result is demonstrating what you can do with you know you have your infrastructure in place. You you've already made this investment in your Gen 5 fabric, so you know this is this is what you can do with uh, with your Gen 5 fabric that's already in place and future publications can really highlight what 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 your new benefits will be going to this 16 fiber channel but this is
1: not a throughput benchmark
4: it's not no yeah it's a
1: it's a latency and iops benchmark yeah yeah
4: spc2 would be the
1: throughput
5: just i was going to add you know um, you know you talked about 32 gigabit fiber channel it's really dependent if we can saturate the our a800s with the lowest price you know networking and gear that's really what we want to do because we this you know benchmark is so sensitive around price. We always want to keep our prices as low as possible. So, uh, if if the 32 gigabit network is required, then we go to it. But we were able to to saturate the storage in you know just fine with our 16 gigabit uh, network. So, so that kept our prices down.
0: Yeah, give me some sort of idea what you mean by saturate, so that we can all. I mean, I know what it is, but you yeah, explain
5: yeah, for everyone I mean,
3: who doesn't know what it is.
5: I'll let the I'll let the I'll let the guys do that. Joe, so, Jim.
3: I guess I could just, in a simple way, without any math behind it, <laughs> just describe it as... What's uh, math? <laughs> <laughs> here we go, I think we're in a loop. <laughs> 42. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, uh, saturating. Yeah, just the idea that we we push the storage hard. We push it as, in, in, a, in a way that it's doing, you know, it's doing pretty much as much as it can do and, and with still giving good latency and good uh, repeatability and good steady results and that sort of thing. Um, but it's such that if we were able to get 3 million we, with similar results, we would have been able to, but we're, we're actually saturating, meaning pushing the storage uh, capabilities to, you know, to near their limits under, the, under this current environment that we tested under.
0: What are some measurables that we use to determine we're saturating?
3: I guess informally, well, some of them are l- looking at CPU utilization on the storage and seeing if that's you know, hitting you know, close to what it sh- should be for maximum. Are we able to
0: saturate these NVMe attached disks at all? I mean, are we hitting any sort of bottlenecks with those?
3: Informally, I'd say no. Whenever we looked at that, disk utilization was actually quite low. Uh, yeah, because it looked like there's lots. The more buses room there.
0: don't have the same sort of pushback as you'd see with a SATA drive or a SAS drive, right? Uh, now. Yeah, they're, they're electric buses. Yes, boogie woogie woogie, um, double decker. Yeah, So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to highlight. Right? We're not we're not seeing bottlenecks on the disk. We're seeing it in the CPU, probably memory pressure potentially, or an NVram.
3: That's something I don't know the answer to. I didn't, didn't happen to look at that. It could be. It could be gone back and looked at. No, yeah,
2: CPU. Yeah, I think the CPUs are the thing that you're gonna. Okay. You're gonna hit. Most likely.
0: So in in reality, we're not saturating the storage. We're saturating the processors.
2: Well, that is part of the storage. Well, it's a it's a stack. It's full stack. As far as the host knows. Anyway, it's, host it's part of the story. Hosts don't
0: even care.
3: I guess I could just add to that. If, if we, since we do t- when we do t- testing and experimentation, we will push it a little harder than that, and you know, but then we do see the sort of the knee of the curve get hit, and we see latency start to climb. You know, if we push it significantly higher than, say, in this case, a slightly over 2.4 million IOPS, so that's a, another indicator that we're hitting this the saturation level uh, without even looking in detail at which component of the storage is causing it.
0: So this 2.4 million is probably the sweet spot where we're not going to hit any higher latency and once you start to get above that you're going to start seeing that curve starts to peak a little bit
3: correct yeah
4: yeah and it's it's the the smoothness of the curve if you look at you look at some of the other publications in the top 10 you can see that there's there's some noise there you know Uh, a couple of them in particular have spikes up to 30 40 50 milliseconds every once in a while so um that's that's the other thing that you get with with the 800 is it's consistent you know expected latency so predictable
2: yeah, I think looking at the curve, the thing that stood out to me was uh, eight, at 80% of the maximum IOPS, you're still right around four millis, or 400 milliseconds of Microseconds. Uh, latency. Microseconds
0: of latency. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty decent. good. Yeah. 400 milliseconds would not be very good. That would not be good. would <laughs> <It'd> be terrible. <laughs> that would be the R200. That would be my home NAS.
4: <laughs> anyway. All right. Anything else? We just wanted to make sure that we explained that you know, we did go with a 16-gigabit fabric and the reasons behind that. It's, it's the cost sensitivity and the S P C one benchmark, and it, just, it wasn't a limiting factor for us in this test. But going forward you know, with new features coming out or, or if we have other compelling reasons, we, you know, the fabric is definitely a place where we look to make changes in our spc one test in the future.
0: How many clients do we throw at this? We use 23 clients this time around. 23? Is there a reason why we go with 23, or is there, is there a math reason? That's what we needed. Oh.
4: Uh, that, yeah, that's how many we had handy, so it was uh <laughs> okay.
0: That's just how many we had lying around. Gotcha. Are these these VMs or are they hardware clients?
3: Are uh, they hardware clients? The Fujitsu Pr- Primergy twenty five forty M one servers, and uh, ones we, we use quite quite extensively in our labs. So they were, uh, you know, working. And of course, they're all identical in terms of configuration and all. But that that was the the number that worked well and gave us gave us what we needed without the you know, the, server, the clients. So the uh, Servers. It's kind of funny how client and server are opposites in one case, but they're the same in another case. Uh, but they didn't get in the way of the uh, – it caused us a bottleneck in any way.
0: What operating system are they running? Uh,
3: they're running RHEL
0: 6.9. So when you're running these workloads, what do they compare to real-world-wise? Like what sort of workloads would they look like? Like what kind of real-world things would look like this SPC1 test? Any industry in particular, or is it like a you know, software build or EDA or? Well, it's 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 a. It, if you look at the,
2: uh, if you look at the test details on the spc uh, forget what the one is. spec. SP one yeah. spec, yeah. Um, it it doesn't go into great detail because they don't. It's IP. They don't want to give away the exact mix, of IOs, et etc. But uh, they do say at a high level that it's a mix of, uh, enterprise workloads including things like uh, home directory access, uh, database applications, uh, email applications, those types of things.
4: Yeah, and you can get a fairly, a fairly detailed breakdown. I mean, they give you the, the skew of, of workload towards different op sizes. They break it down into three uh, kind of business logic chunks called ASUs. I don't remember exactly what ASU stands for, but you know they have a they have a database portion, which is one of the ASUs. They have kind of an application scratch space, like Dan was talking about, as the other ASU, and then they have a uh, a log section, which is all just sequential writes rolling through. So okay, I believe it's, it's application service unit. Yeah,
0: I can't imagine people putting home directories on FCP. That'd be an expensive <laughs> roll out of home directories. Not like. everybody can. Not everybody can throw SIFS up on their on their uh, SAN device. NFS, do that, right? No. Anyway. All right, Dan, Jim, uh, Joe, thanks for joining us today and talking to us about the SPC1 results. Um, so I am to understand that we can find the results at spcresults.org. Is that correct? Absolutely. So, Dan, if we want to find you on social media, how do we do that? Uh, at Dan Isaacs on the Twitter. And I'm I going to ask Joe and Jim because they don't have social media. But thanks for joining us today and telling us all about the SPC1 results. And... Uh, yeah. alright that music tells me it's time to go if you'd like to get in touch with us send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netapp. as always if you'd like to subscribe find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via TechonTechPodcast.com. if you like the show today leave us a review on behalf of the entire Tech on Tech podcast team I'd like to thank Scott Lane Jim Lang, Joe Scott, and Dan Isaacs for joining us today as always thanks for listening